Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there. Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, episode number 62, entitled How to Make Sure That Your Site is Really Safe with Akshat Chowdhury. It was published on February the 8th, 2018. My name's Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.co.uk, a small web development agency based in the north of England. And I'll be joined later by David Wormsley from davidwormsley.com. Please share this episode if you've enjoyed it. You can go to wpbuilds.com and click the buttons under the podcast player. Five-star iTunes reviews are always very welcome. We've got a Facebook group. If you go to wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook, you can join that group. Forward slash subscribe subscribes you to our newsletter and forward slash advertise allows you to advertise on our podcast by filling in a form. Now then, what else do we have to say? Well, I should probably say that today's discussion between David and I is entitled Should We Train Clients to Manage Their Sites? <clears throat> Cough. I wonder what we think about that. Um, and then right at the very end, a very, very short piece um, called, um, well, we call it the ending fact or the ending term, but it's this week it's all about a Facebook pixel. What is it? Not that we know. <laughs> Uh, I should also mention that Akshat, the person who's on the podcast today from Blog Vault um, and Malcare, has also decided it would be a nice idea to give away three of his licenses. Now, the licenses that he's giving away are for Blog Vault, which you're going to find out about during the podcast episode, and they're for the backup and security level for one year. So that's going to save you $149, and you'll find out about him and I think his credentials are uh, good, so I don't think you've got anything to worry about there. But please, if you go to wpbuilds.com forward slash win, you'll be able to enter the competition in the usual way by filling in your name and email in the box and sharing it all over social media. Right, let's get on with the news section then, shall we? Okay, this first article is, well, it's not really news. The article appears on the mediatemple.net website, and it's called The WordPress Philosophy. What is it and why should you care? Now, there's no way I'm going to be able to sum this up quickly, but basically there's a series of articles being written by Matt Cromwell. This is the first of them, and he's basically outlining his philosophical position on WordPress and why it matters. Does WordPress have a philosophy? What is it? Uh, And it's jolly interesting. You know, we all know it's open source, but it goes a little bit deeper than that, doesn't it? So if that sort of thing, the philosophy of open source and WordPress interests you, check that out. iThemes has been acquired by Liquid Web. Liquid Web is a um, a web hosting service, managed hosting, founded in 1997. iThemes is a 10-year-old plug-in company. Uh, We've probably all heard of Corey Miller, who runs that. Well, it's been sold for multi-million dollars. The team behind iThemes are going to stay in place in Liquid Web. So it's all going to be the same thing. And um, and they're actually going to keep the same offices in Oklahoma City. So uh, maybe things won't change, but interesting development anyway, because... Uh, iThemes are a pretty big player. Um, you've probably come across things like Backup Body and iThemes Security. Okay, moving on. WordPress 4.9.3. Well, that didn't last long. 
it lasted a few hours because although it fixed 34 bugs and had customizer changes and uh, widgets and compatibility with PHP 7.2 and da-di-da-di-da, within a couple of hours they realized that the auto-updater function was broken um, because it triggers a fatal error as not all of the dependencies of find underscore core underscore auto underscore update are met and it was causing problems with auto updating so yeah they quickly fixed it to become 4.9.4 so basically 4.9.4 some mouthful is 4.9.3 with a single bug fix it's fascinating how, how these things can happen brilliant right and the next one is about the fact that very very soon there's going to be a new policy change in the wordpress plugin directory site and so rather than saying um well we're talking about the age of a plugin rather than saying this plugin has been not been updated for let's say six weeks or nine months or whatever now it's going to say it's been tested up to blah 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 major releases of wordpress so it might say it's it, this plugin was last tested against a, a wordpress release two releases ago two major releases ago i think this is a good thing um because it means that rather than having a warning after two years of inactivity now it's going to be one year and obviously if things are being flagged up as unmaintained after one year rather than two that's a good thing so it's going to be benchmarked against wordpress versions not not the calendar essentially and last but my by no means least talk magazine they do their plug-in madness for 2018 and there's a shout out from them trying to find um, if you've got some plugins that you've really enjoyed into four categories marketing maintenance optimization and e-commerce and they give little prizes out and things like that i think you've got that until the 23rd of november to head over to talk magazine and and fill out your uh, plug-in thoughts right Okay, enough of that. Please wait around for the chat with Akshat Chowdhury from Blog Vault. It's such a good story. Um, I won't spoil it, but to say, you know, that life, you should plan out your business and, you know, execute this strategy or that strategy. Well, that's not how he did it. <laughs> he really didn't. And it's such a fascinating story. It's all about backing up and security and all of that. But lovely, lovely story and really nice guy. So now it's going to be David Wormsley and I, and, you know, as usual, we're going to be droning on about something. In this case, should we train clients to manage their sites? I hope, really hope that you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening again. And this week's topic is how do we train clients to manage their sites? Nathan, I think I have to apologize really for coming up with this topic mm. because I think it's me talking aloud on this one. That's okay. Feel, feel free to talk aloud. <laughs> it's all, well, I think, you know, this is what's occupying my mind at the moment. This is going to be a therapy session, isn't it? Um, Tell as, me about as, your father. <laughs> as we move, I think our industry moves to page builders and page builders are in the public mind these days people know they're out there they know about wix weebly squarespace a bit i think there's the demand now to allow clients to do more managing of their sites they expect it so it seems to me that we have to train folks to be able to do this a bit more than we used to have to do and i'm still trying to work out how to do that for my up-and-coming business so that's what's led this one yeah. But what do you do, Nathan? Well, more 
certainly over the last couple of years, um, I think it's fair to say that my a lot of my projects are a bit more um, less your page and post. I mean, there's quite a lot of pages which are set up, but there's also um, custom post types and things. And mm-hmm. so an example might be a, I don't know, a real estate website or a, um, an estate agent, as we call them in the UK. Um, and so there's simply nothing out there um, which describes the workflow that I need them to 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 do because, you know, the combination of fields and things that they need to adjust either with uh, advanced custom fields or something like that. So my my well, the thing that I've been doing more recently is using a Chrome plugin for a service called Loom. Um, and you get a little button in Chrome and, and you, you press the button and basically it just captures what's on the screen. And so I've been shooting little one or two minute videos just describing the steps. Um, and in most cases, I sort of personalize those. So I'll say, hello, John, or hello, Kate, or whoever it is that I'm communicating with. And I'll shoot them a little video about this particular step. And that's that's become very effective. But the, the sort of problem with that approach is that you um, you end up having to do that lots and lots of times. So I I, I do install video user manuals. Um, I've got a license which I you know uh, keep updated for that, um, and so I install those. But I, I don't pay any attention to whether the client's actually using them. But I point out to them, look, here's a here's a bunch of videos, and I always install every single video because you can, you know, you can cherry pick and say install this, don't install this. And I'm not trying to hide WordPress from anybody. I'm not trying to hide the fact that this is a a paid for page builder and this is a paid for form builder and so on and so forth. So mm. um, I'm quite happy for them to watch those videos. But essentially, I as when the site is launched, I've got one going live in a couple of weeks, actually, which I've basically finished and I'm just waiting for them to pay me for. And that's what I'll do. I'll get on the phone for an hour uh, or Skype mm. or whatever, some screen sharing capability. Um, and I'll talk them through how to do... Um, the process of constructing pages or posts or whatever. But then inevitably I'll fall short or I'll say something and they won't write down enough instructions. So then I'll produce these little videos and often it ends up being 10 or 15 little videos, but they're only about a minute long and it takes me no effort whatsoever because all I have to do is simply point and click Mm. um, a, a typical construction of a custom post. So yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Ah, that's really interesting. Do you do you end up doing that through the build? Do any of your clients actually put their own content onto their site while you're working on it? No, I so. tend to um, get them to stick stuff in a Google Doc or I put Lorem in and mm. then explain to them in those videos or in a one-to-one, uh, look, this is how you replace the text in this area. Because often copywriting is the is the thing which gets done last. You know, they're very interested. This is my experience. I'm not saying this is the way that everybody would do it, but I tend to. It focuses on the where things are and what color things are and how big the font is and the logos and all of that. And then, yeah. and then the content somehow gets left and the client doesn't manage to do it. And of course, at some point, I have to kick the project out the door and say, "Look, it's done now. My bit is done. I can't wait for you to." get me the content in six weeks time or eight weeks time so over to you and I've never really had any f- uh, kickback from that because I've always mm. explained look at some point this process will be simple and they're always very nervous at that point actually they always, look will it be easy for me to yeah yeah it'll be really easy look I'll show you how easy it is 
oh yeah that's easy um and so no it's often i'll hand it over with the content um not done images are a little bit different because they really they matter a bit more Mm. and the the client seems a bit more focused on getting the images typically or gets me to source them or something but the, the text is often half done or a quarter done when i hand it over but that's that's my process and it works yeah, no, it's, that's really well. It's it's changed because I've not really had that much responsibility for this. I mean, earlier when I did sites, they really couldn't do much on them, you know, apart from just going to the editor, which page builders it's opened stuff up. So it wasn't too much to worry about, and they didn't bother. And then later, I'm working with somebody, so Maria, my colleague, would sit down with them really for about an hour or two after the build and show them how it's done. But I saw a problem with that. Mm. Not that many people did anything, but the problem was is that pretty much everything was up to date at the point that they're being given that training. So they don't need to go and change anything right. immediately. So right. it's months down the line before they might want to do something. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So I, I've now wanted to move and I started to move a little bit with these recent jobs that I've done and jobs I've done on my own is to try and build a little bit with them so get them involved in doing more while the project's going on particularly with sort of deadlines of sort of one or two day builds um try and get them available so they start to add content themselves to get used to the the editor in editor mode yes but yeah it's kind of working um I actually tried a similar approach to that, but because my projects don't tend to go over one or two days, but more weeks, um, an example was just before Christmas. uh, Well, actually, probably mid-November. One of my clients requested exactly that, and I was quite happy, you know, that's fine. But they, they had a very strong impression that they would be able to do things correctly, and actually they deleted quite a lot of stuff. And although I had backups of everything, it did illustrate to me that, Oh, uh, you know that there is there is some scope for wasting of time. They went in and clicked delete and just kind of assumed that there was an undo option, and that's my fault. I should have explained. Um, yeah. So it it was a catch. There were problems associated with that for me. Um, so I've now taken the approach that I will I will basically do it, and then when it's done, hand it over. Um, yeah. Or I might, yeah, I'm thinking about it in the future. I might just create a. A duplicate. I hadn't really thought about this. Create a duplicate of a page and give them access to that, you know, and say, "Look, edit this one." You can go to crazy on this one, um, but that—that's something I—I I haven't yet done. But I probably should do it that way in the future. Yeah, that's a good idea. Well, you know, I used to say always that I'd give the clients full access because it's their website and they yep. can go off and do what they like when it's yep. finished. So before they couldn't touch it, but now it's the first time really that I've got into the idea of you know, putting editor roles on it where they can't delete much, you know, or yep. not so much. Yep. And yeah, that has opened up um, a lot more ideas and it's led me to think, okay, so they can do that. The same as you with little, well, cloud app in my case to do videos, but mm. I use Loom as well. And uh, that's gotten started. But now I'm thinking, oh, I need a series now to show them how they can do this with the text, like how the paragraph, because that's quite complex, isn't it? Yes. In WordPress. Yes. If you don't know how to do it. Or, or break, you know, just add a space. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so it's built up to a new job. But I wonder, I'd love to hear people's thoughts on this kind of stuff, you know, because I'm aware that you could build up a library of videos 
for clients and just have it go horribly wrong. Maybe somebody's already done this. And can... Yeah, we were talking before we started recording this that mm. it would be quite a nice nifty website if people mm. shared their um, their little videos similar to the ones I've just described. And you, you've been using CloudUp, I've been using Useloom, mm. but the, the, the principle is exactly the same. You know, you shoot a, a short little video which describes how to do something. And in my case, they might be quite bespoke. You know, nobody else will ever see a, a website with these exact same fields ever again. So that might not fit. But typically, mm. you know, using a page builder, we've probably always probably made little videos like that hundreds of times between the community. Mm. It'd be quite a nice idea to put a website on where all of these videos were collected together. And if they were clearly labeled and dated, um, mm. and, you know, tagged in some way so that people could come and have a look. That might be quite a useful resource. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, one issue I had now with sort of two clients was I wanted to point their domain name records to our server. And, you know, it was kind of the best part of a week trying to get the right password off them. <laughs> so, you know, I've now shot um, one video on the how to do it with GoDaddy, which is just simple explanation. If you see this and if you don't, then email us. But put it back on them and it actually it's worked you know they've gone in and done it from those videos so i'm thinking that's the way forward i'm going to do them for all yeah well that's a really this. good idea because a lot of that stuff i, I the, the client will assume it's on them won't they you know we we bought the domain we're in charge of it so we mm. should update the dns and and if you've made a little explainer video uh, in mm. order to do that. I mean, it's trivial to do, isn't it? It takes seconds, mm. but if you are not in, not able to get the password off them, it doesn't take seconds. It creates lots and lots of emails um, yes. and extra work for you to do. Just going backwards a little bit to where you mentioned about mm. user roles, how do you... Yeah. Can you describe that to me? Because I, that's not something I make great use of. I mean, I, obviously, that, that capability is there. What, what do you mean about that? Do, do you mean you restrict... Um, certain sections of the page via Beaver Builder, or do you just restrict certain um, pages, or how, what? What does that look yeah. like? Well, I think the default editor role it just really cuts everything out, all your yeah. plugins and everything. Anyway, so you're just left with a place to put your pages and post content in. Mm. I think largely, so it's cleaned up a lot. But then when you get to Beaver Builder with it, you know you can. Do you know what? I still don't know <laughs> what all the settings do because I um, I, I played around and I couldn't quite see a difference. But at least all they need, they can't change the layout if, yeah. we, if I set it the way I can. So they can only add content, but they can pretty much do, particularly with third party plugins, they can get and do quite a bit of styling so they can put their own background images, change a lot of the colors um, and that kind of stuff. But that's worked. My, uh, I did a site for my brother. It's years, you know. He's been to everybody else but me, and uh, but <laughs> he's, he's a nightmare. I think I've mentioned it before. Yeah. <laughs> I can mention him. I love him, <laughs> but he's but. yeah, he's a nightmare, and um, you know, he's had terrible websites because he doesn't give people the information. But it is fascinating because him and his wife both really got into it a little bit too much because they started redesigning the colours and stuff, but. Yeah, just giving them that simple access <laughs> just worked. They went in there, gave content which they never got, that they never gave to other designers before. You know? do, you, do you think it's, do you think it's a sensible idea then to cut them out of the, the capability to, let's say, uh, change images or um, uh, alter yeah. colours or whatever, or are you just 
are you just courting frustration for them when they want to do it? Would a would a would a good approach be to explain? Look, here's a duplicate post. Play with mm. that, or page rather. Play with play with that, um, and then you can learn how not to screw stuff up because anything <laughs> that you do on that it doesn't matter. And actually, you know, if you go back to the original one and you click clone page button under there yes. you can just make as many clones as you like and screw about with them as much as you like mm. and learn that way because there are that's the way i learn to be honest i would um let's say for example that another page builder came along today and i wanted to play with it i'm never going to read the docs not not in a million years all i'm going to do is install mm. it and try it and just click on every single button and see what it does so i presume there's <laughs> quite a lot of people like me who who learn with that approach yes. and locking them out is just going to annoy them. <laughs> yes. I think it was fine for what they needed to do in this case. And it was interesting this because, you know, they, they've inspired me to want to do a series of videos so they can do more because these are the people who, you know, they didn't turn up for what could have been their training the day that we were building their site, mm. you know, and they didn't get the content ready. So, you know, it's kind of after the day has gone and they can't get more time out of me, they've actually realize that this site is actually done apart from their work ah. so they've gone in there and luckily it's, it's restricted enough to be able to to complete the task but i realize of course from that that i need more videos to show them you know that you know just looking at some of the things they could have done with their text they could have bolded some things yeah. you know and and that but uh Th those videos they're not a panacea but they've certainly made my workflow a little bit better and that the I don't mean to, for this to sound the way it comes out, that the nice thing about them is they're a little bit like a text message. You know, you, you make it as you see it with what you want to say, and then you just give it to them and you don't have to enter into a discourse. You just tell them the, yes. way, the way it is and this is how it works. And, you know, you don't have to, but what if and what if? And then changing the subject slightly, you've got the absolute opposite polar extreme of the ones who want to fiddle with everything. There are those who are terrified to do anything um and again i can think of lots of clients that i've had where they're the the, the question is always well is it okay if i what, what if i do this are you sure it's okay if i press this you know because this is their precious website, the cornerstone of their investment they realize that it now looks wonderful and and should they click on anything there's the opportunity to well in i, I guess maybe they think the whole thing's going to stop working or break do you do you ever yeah. have those people? <laughs> yeah. Well, do you know what the interest? Yes, absolutely. I think, um, and they just don't go anywhere near it. I mean, the, yeah. the ones, the clients <laughs> that Maria has, they just gather to do it. They say we want this, and they'll send her an email with what they want changing, and that's it. And they just don't touch it. Yes. Um, and they, yeah, they're the ones paranoid there. But, but uh, I suppose in a way, they're they're good for the fact that. Um, you know, your beautiful creation <laughs> is left entirely intact um, and it looks good over time, but they're probably the ones that going forward will be peppering you with emails um, because they want things updating. Um, and, yep. the, you know, whether that's on an hourly rate or as part of a, the infamous care plan, they're the people yep. that I suppose keep, keep, keep you going in a way. Um, yeah. So they're, they're probably, well, I... probably quite good people to have around, actually. I think so. Well, that would be the difference between me and my colleague. You know, she loves 
doing those kind of jobs for people now they they drive me crazy because i don't know when they're coming in and the short jobs which i would have to invoice somebody for you know and i i think oh i don't want that so i kind of want the training videos as a way of sort of saying you know you take care of this kind of stuff now yeah um and actually ideally i want the kind of client who who doesn't um want to do too much to the site afterwards because you know it's the care plan does allow me to then have a sort of revenue from that. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, oh, no, I was just about to say something <laughs> then and it, it probably probably doesn't really fit all that well. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't really know what the, what the perfect answer is. I mean, I've never worked for an agency. So, mm. uh, you know, literally never worked one, probably never even been through the door of too many of them. And I, I wonder if agencies tackle this slightly differently than I do as a, as a solo person. You know, I wonder if there's a person that's dedicated, perhaps a more junior role, dedicated to helping clients uh, once the site's been launched and instructing them and go out into the field and sit with them in their offices and so on and so forth. Uh, presumably, if mm. you're a, a big agency, that's exactly the sort of role that you would need, somebody to just keep the, the clients happy and uh, help them to, to manage their stuff over time. Mm. And I'm quite keen on the idea. And again, it's still just an idea because I've not done it. I haven't put a package together, but I'd love to be able to sort of say, okay, book half day, full day training sessions that cost this amount of money. Mm. And, you know, allow, I don't know how it would be done, but allow some kind of idea of a format yes. based on what you expect they would need, but also allow them to beforehand add in what they particularly want to learn from yeah. it. I think there's a demand for that. I think there really is some crossover between, you know, we seem to be just people who build sites for clients and then hand it over to them. Or we seem to be trainers, you know, making courses online like Dave Foy, you know. Um, yeah. But I think there's some sort of midway um, in there. I think there's quite yeah. a lot of options available. Not that I've ever made use of them, but I, my understanding is that, you know, you can customize the dashboard and include all these videos mm. in there. So if time allowed and budget allowed, you could actually create a, you know, a bespoke, a bespoke little set of uh, instructional videos um, so that they, so that each client got a unique set of their own um, information mm. about how to build it. But I've never gone down that route. I've simply recorded a video copied and pasted the link and emailed it back and and hoped that they've um that they've kept kept tabs on it but um yeah interesting topic so the the answer is we haven't really got the faintest idea how to train clients <laughs> to manage their sites have we <laughs> no not at all and actually it goes you know what it goes wider just only you just reminded me that last night i got a uh, a message on Facebook from my sister-in-law, and uh, yeah, she's she said, uh, what was it? Um, something along the lines of that. I've got a message saying that my settings are out of date on my desktop, and this just took forever to sort of ascertain what she was talking about. She can't send emails, but she can receive them. <laughs> it took so long to work out that it was her program and nothing to do with the emails, which we did look after. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it, it just goes wide doesn't it oh did, boy the the ignorance is amazing uh, uh, oh, do, do you know it, uh, it's um that that would be something to to explore at the very outset wouldn't it one of those questions might be um right at the beginning of the project you know what is your be honest what's your technical competency you know how afraid of this stuff are you are you going to yes. be all guns blazing in which case we'll definitely duplicate some pages for you so that you can fiddle around or you know do you want some instructional videos babying you if you like through every single step 
And you could mitigate, you know, you could create less work for yourself because we know that this client is going to be bold and brazen and get on with it themselves and adapt things. Um, whereas this one, we need to make some videos. So let's do that right from the outset. Yeah. Before we go, did you see um, the little post? I think it was on WP Innovator Facebook group by Ellie Hayes. It was absolutely classic. Uh, oh, her sister on. wanted a new domain name. Oh, I did. So go she on, went into this. <laughs> yeah, she went into a WP settings and oh, changed the site URLs there. Wondered why it was broken. <laughs> but you know what? It. it the comment was made beneath, I think, that actually the field name kind of does make you think that um, yes. if you changed the... Well, it says something like the domain name or something, doesn't it? So if you don't yeah. want it to be called wpbuilds.com anymore, <laughs> just change it in there and you'll have a... Bre- I'll change it to google.com. Yeah. And suddenly... <laughs> you, would, you would have done it, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would yeah exactly. <laughs> and it's perfect. That's an absolutely perfect example of why why the clients ought to be locked out of certain things. And I guess that's true. There are certain things which, you know, don't let them go near it. And and that goes back to that question a moment ago. You know, what's your what's your technical competency? Are you uh, are you afraid? Um, are you likely to be rash and do things on the spur of the moment? And if so, we're, we're not letting you anywhere near it. <laughs> right. Shall we knock it on the head yes. there? Yes, interview time. Okay, interview time. And um, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed that discussion. Yeah, me too. Hello, everybody. I'd like to welcome Akshat Chowdhury um, from Blog Vault to the podcast today. Hi there, Akshat. Hi, Nathan. Thank you for having me, and I'm happy to be here. Now, um, Akshat is in Bangalore, and just before we began the the podcast, he was explaining to me that uh, Bangalore is a bit like the Silicon Valley of of India, and I was explaining to him that I was um, deeply impressed by the amount of high-quality stuff that's coming out of India at the moment. And um, so what time of the day is it where you are at the moment? It's almost five right now in the evening. At least I haven't kept you up too badly. Now, again, before we uh, got on the call, we had we had probably about a twenty-minute chat, and it turns out that Akshat has the best story of creating a WordPress. Well, I don't know if plugins the right word. He's he's got um, something quite special, but it's the way that it's come about that's so fascinating. So, first of all, do you just want to tell us the very, very briefest detail about what uh, Blog Vault is and does, and then we'll get onto the story about how it all started? Okay. So, uh, uh, Blog Vault is a WordPress backup and security service. So, we'll we'll ensure that your site is safe uh, against anything that can go wrong with it. We will take care of everything. As you just need to install our plugin zero configuration required and we will ensure that your data is perfectly kept perfectly safely we'll also scan your backups for malware and then in case something goes if we find something we'll remo- you can remove it with a click of a button yeah. we have a lot of other things built in to make sure that uh, that your site is as safe as it can get that's a perfect summary. That so now we all know what Blog Vault's uh, doing. But uh, the the story that I've just heard is just utterly brilliant. Um, 
So we, we, we rewind the clock to a long time ago, uh, about 10 years ago, I suppose. And actually, do you want to just tell us what you were doing at the time before Blog Vault came around? What, what was, what's your background um, so that we know that, you know, you're somebody that we can, we can trust? All right. So uh, I don't know if my background adds any, any trust to, <laughs> to my story. <laughs> so... Uh, Okay, so I, I'm an engineer by training, uh, done computer science. Uh, so soon after graduating, I joined the startup called Netscaler, which was one of the very few startups at that time in Bangalore or even in India. And soon after joining, the company got acquired by a bigger U.S. corporation called Citrix. Over there, over there at Netscaler, I was an engineer doing, actually, like I was telling uh, Nathan, completely like as far removed from WordPress and web technologies as you can think. I was building high-end networking equipment and writing C and assembly code, hacking the FreeBSD kernel. Okay, that's and serious that, stuff. And for a lot, for seven years, I did that. Uh, and while at uh, Netscaler slash Citrix, uh, BlogWorld came up as a side project. And uh, that's dabbling with different side projects and Blog Vault was one of those things which seemed interesting. And uh, though I, I can talk about the origin of Blog Vault if you'd like, Nathan. Yeah, I mean, it was the fact that uh, what, what I found really entertaining about your story was you were telling me you'd, you'd never heard of WordPress or, or pretty much any sort of CMS blogging tool at all. And you kind of more or less by accident stumbled into this, didn't you? Absolutely. Like, I, I honestly don't remember if I'd heard of WordPress per se, but the understanding of WordPress would have been as far as being a competitor to Blogs, uh, Blogspot. Yes. That's, I think that's my, that, was, uh, that was my level of understanding at that time. So absolutely zero knowledge. And uh, so how did you decide that people needed to kind of get things backed up? What was the, what was the moment in time that you thought, oh, okay. People really want things to be kept safe for them. Right. So, again, like I said, I was in the middle of, uh, I was in my, doing my day job. And yeah, I was always interested in dabbling with side projects. And one of the blogs I followed at that time was uh, this uh, very popular blog called Coding Horror. This was a blog by Jeff Atwood, who is the founder of Stack Overflow. Uh, around that time, Jeff... Jeff Atwood, uh, his site had crashed. And I wondered whether if someone like Jeff can screw it up, then maybe <laughs> there are a lot of other people who might be screwing it up too. Oh, maybe yeah. Need for it. And I thought, okay, it's a two-week project, site project. I can just build it and had zero expectations. It was like, okay, this looks interesting. Let's do it. And okay, blogs, how many blogs are there? There seem to be plenty of them. Maybe... Maybe it can be useful. And uh, there I got started working in the evenings after a couple of... I, it took a lot longer than two weeks for sure. <laughs> oh, I'll bet. <laughs> and uh, we released it one fine day. And I, whatever re releasing it meant, uh, I did not go through any of these growth hacking or any of these tutorials back then to know what how to release or launch a product. So... It literally meant like submitting it to this blog called Killer Startups. Right. I and don't that, even know if it's still around. Yeah, and so that was it. You you built this thing, 
with no real expectation that it was going to become um, successful or popular. And, and then just sort of released it very quietly with no marketing whatsoever. Right. I, uh, absolutely zero marketing. To make matters worse, one week after we release it, or two weeks after we release it, WordPress releases. That's the product by Automatic, who was a competitor of ours. And uh, I was like, okay, fine, done. There's no need for something like us. Now we, the people behind WordPress are making something like this. And I was pretty scared. Like, okay, maybe there's no... All things said and done, when you put in the effort to make something, you, while you don't have much expectation from it, you still would like it to succeed. Sure. And when something like this happens, it's uh, it's quite demotivating. To, that, that's the nice, uh, <laughs> that's a nice way of putting it. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's quite disheartening at that time. And uh, what happened? And this has actually been a life learning for me. Uh, was that WordPress launching actually turned it uh, turned out to be a blessing? Mm. Because when people were writing articles about WordPress. They're looking for alternatives too. And they would, that's where we started popping up. Again, I, uh, this was not, not a plan or anything like that. I would not have expected it, but the presence of a competitor definitely validates your idea, especially if it is big. So we r rode on the coattails of WordPress. People would try out WordPress, people would try us out. And uh, that's how we got the initial few users so no marketing no no real roadmap just build it because you can um and so now it's out there and and i was saying again before we started this call that the reason that i had come across you because i am a recent wp engine customer i needed to migrate <laughs> an existing site over to wp engine and they've got a very tight ship you know they don't allow you to fiddle too much with um, their file structure or anything like that and essentially they give you this blog vault um, option and you, you basically click a button and it pulls everything from where it is at the moment and shoves it on their platform and hey presto it's done and I, I just remember sitting there thinking oh that's it it, it works and it, and it really did work so the fact that you're on WP Engine gave me enormous confidence um, that you obviously know what you're doing because they really know what they're doing. So tell us about how you came to be on WP Engine. Um, and yeah, this is a great story simply because I, I cannot, like I mentioned earlier, I cannot take any credit, like any credit for it whatsoever. Uh, all right, so uh, we launched the product over time, we got a few customers. I quit my job because I was like, okay, what's going on? People are paying me money for this. Maybe there's something more to it. Uh, I should attend. Then I met a few people. There's something called WordCamp. Let's attend that. This, the, the big one is happening in US. Let's go to San Francisco. And at WordCamp San Francisco, there's another, an, actually a long story short, there was an, of the very first WooCon happening in San Francisco. Uh, I registered for it and I noticed that one of my customers is also there. So I pinged her and she was traveling to San Francisco with her husband from UK. So she is running a big agency in uh, in London called Whole Green Digital and they're great people, Vinita and Tom. 
So I went, I, I was a bit apprehensive meeting customers like that because that was not the order of day for me. And uh, I, we had a, they were the nicest people and we had a great chat for a couple of us talking about everything, like how we are doing and what, 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 we, what are we planning to do and improve. And that was that. After they returned, uh, the CEO of WP Engine visited them in London. And that's where they, uh, Vinita and Tom, they recommended BlogVault and they said that, Heather, you should talk to Akshat and you should work with Akshat. And she connected us with uh, uh, Heather. Heather connected us with Jason and then we built a prototype quickly, quick prototype, and that's how it started the whole thing. It was not a big proposal or anything of that sort. I love you that. Took, I, you have to get into WP Engine. I just think that's and such are, a great story because you know for a fact that there'll have been an awful lot of people who would have, you know, done it, gone to great lengths, really enormous lengths to to get. What's turned out to be one of the premier um, WordPress uh, platforms, and the fact that you basically just sort of the, the way you describe it—I don't know if you're being modest or you know—it sounds like you you did basically nothing and it just came to you. It's great. No, that is true. Like you, I cannot take any credit for it. I, I think Vinita and Tom are great, and they they are very persuasive, and they're great friends now. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah, they. Yeah, I think those those guys are great, and I am very, very thankful oh, I'll bet. and grateful to them. Yeah. So you get WP Engine on board, and presumably that leads to other things. Who who else is using um, BlogVault now? Which customers uh, that we that we may have heard of are using it as a as a mechanism for backing up and migrating to their platforms? So we work with uh, after WP Engine, it became much much easier. So we understood that if WP Engine has such a need. Others will have the same. So we partnered with Pantheon, Flywheel, uh, LiquidWeb, Cloudways, WP Servier. I'm missing a few. Well, do you know what? I mean, that's that's a who's who of people that you want to be uh, working with. <laughs> Just there. I think you could you could stop. You, that list is plenty long enough. That's brilliant. Yeah. Um, so. They use, maybe they use you um, for different things, but um, do they use you largely for sort of th their own backup solutions or migrating people onto their platforms? W what's the use case in, in most cases? So in all of these cases, we build the migration plugin for them. Yep. So actually, it's not really a plugin. We power the migration because, my, uh, so migrating sites is one of the big problems well, for, uh, at least that's what we learned for when it comes to web hosts, when it comes to users of web hosts, mm. for everyone. So in such a situation, uh, we, we realized that to how do you migrate a site, you need to do a great backup and you need to copy the site over to the destination. And you have sites residing on some of the worst web hosts in the world where you don't get any, where they make it very, very difficult to migrate your data or to do a backup also. So what we can do is we can back up because we are acting as a service and we spend so much time, we can back up a site from some of the worst web hosts out there and sites which are, I think we back, we did recently did 800 GB site. What? what? Wow. Yeah. So 
we can copy like a 800 GB site because of our technology and we are able to move that to the new location. Ah, that's really big. <laughs> that's impressive. I mean, th there must be more to it than just simply backing up the files because in the case of um, WP Engine, they, they, they clearly, there must be some interaction with those files on the way into their platform because what, what starts out as a, a, a regular install of WordPress suddenly becomes a WP Engine version of WordPress, doesn't it? You know, it's got extra menu items and it's got their, their little bits and pieces that make their platform special in the, um, in the WordPress UI. So I'm, I'm guessing your, your platform takes care of that business as well. To some extent, yes. Mm. Uh, uh... Some of it they do on their own, but we also use a lot of their APIs, internal APIs, yep. Yep. to ensure that the site is configured perfectly. So, and we do this for all the other hosts too. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was just going to change the tack a little bit now and talk about the fact that um, most of our listeners are not uh, WP Engine or Flywheel. They're just, you know, regular people like you and me. Um, and presumably, BlogVault has uh, plans, well, I know you do, have plans for um, smaller needs, if you like, you know, one or two or five or six or ten or whatever websites. Would you... Tell us a little bit about um, the, the products that you offer normal people like, like me. Right. So actually our bread and butter product is still uh, still backups and security. Mm. So what we do is we uh, our goal is to make it really like our goal is to ensure that your site is safe. All right. And that's that's the goal we work with. And we want to make it easy, really easy because there is so there are so many mistakes you can make and there are there's there's so much complexity and you don't want to deal with the complexity, especially mm. when it comes to backups, because backups as well as security, all of these are critical for your website. And the time when you realize that something has gone wrong or, or when things go wrong, that's the only time when you realize there's a need for it. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> and true. at that time, it's too late to yes. realize if you have made mistakes. Yes. And there, there are plenty of mistakes that can be made. So what we have tried to do is we have tried to make it as simple as possible. So you install our plugin and that's it. You don't need to do anything else to get started because we will take care of all the... So we have what we call like what makes a great backup and we ensure that we take care of all of those, like every single measure is taken care of when it comes to backing up your site. I'd be really interested to know what the what the salient points are in, in that sentence. What What... I know there'll be loads and there'll be lots of technicality there, but right. what what briefly are the are the things which make a great backup? Okay, so some of it are obvious and some of it not so obvious. But I think uh, I I think everyone should be able to associate with it. Or uh, uh, yeah, so the very first one is you want to ensure that you backup everything. You do it automatically because you don't want to. You if you do it manually, there's a problem. You want to ensure that the backup is stored safely. It has to be off-site, so it cannot be on your uh, on your same server. Again, these are common sense questions. It has to be encrypted. It has to be completely independent of your website. That's a very critical flaw. Mm -hmm. And you'll realize that a lot of things, when you think of uh, a lot of plugins or mechanisms you use, or sometimes you even buy hosting thinking they offer great backups, but that's not the right answer because you need it to be completely independent of your web, website web host. 
your backups are your fail safe. Yeah. Correct? So yes, don't, I completely People don't realize. Agree. So while so one find, and we have seen this happen, people will forget to pay their bills for the web host and web host will send them reminders which the emails they do not receive. And one fine day they realize that the website has gone. Mm. Along with everything else. Yes, all so, of their backups. <laughs> everything goes because in such a situation, and we have seen this happen. So again, again, what we're talking about are obvious gender uh, things, but all of this is to do it correctly and well is a real problem. How do you ensure? Okay, so one of the very important parts of a backup is how do you know that your backup is good? It's very, very difficult to know whether your backup is good because the only way you know it is if you do a restore. Mm. Now, how do you restore your site? Like, my site is perfectly well and good. Why should I restore it? Maybe I'll screw it up. So what we have done is we built a test restore where you can test the backup on our servers. I with love a click this. Of I think that's ingenious. I love this. I saw that on your website, and I was that was going to be one of my questions. So you suck a copy of the site out, and then there's the option to put a version of it onto your infrastructure and then play around with it and see if it's still working. Exactly. So you can go back in history, make sure that the backup is correct. Right. Because you need that extra bit of assurance. I can tell you whatever I like, okay, everything is safe, but how do you know it is safe? Mm. And this is these are small things, but they all matter. We also come with our built-in staging environment. Because... Tomorrow, when what is one of the big reasons why sites go down? Yeah, you you're installing a plugin, plugin. And <laughs> right? Yeah. And we realize that's a problem, so we're like, okay, let's create a staging environment from the backup. You can test anything on there. And is it on, is the staging environment on your infrastructure as well? Again, it's on our infrastructure. You can play around with PHP version. So you want to update to PHP seven? You'll know whether it'll work on PHP seven oh, or not. You will get. This is good. I like this. You'll get SFTP access, so if you want to play around with it further, you can do any of it. It's protected, the staging environment. It is, uh, yeah, so we take care of all of those things on our staging environment. And when you're ready, you can merge it back to production. That's, I mean, I've used these, you know, solutions before, but my experience has been that, um, you know, it's, it's all managed within the platform. So the staging environment is, I do like the idea of having it elsewhere, um having the staging because obviously you know if you're on a cheap host or something like that it, it is good to to pull it off check it out on a completely unrelated bit of hardware make sure it's all working and then and then flick it back to live that's brilliant really like that right and while, while, when you're flicking it back to live if you're working on a website with changes so you do not want you do not know what changes you have done whether mm. you want to bring all the changes in or mm. not so we'll show you the difference between the live and production and uh, between the live and the staging you'll see that okay these files are different these plugins have been updated this is a new plugin this plugin got deleted so you can select the pieces that you want to merge back huh so it doesn't just take one giant blob of the entire website all of its files and database and then you know you play with that and then we just chuck the giant the new giant blob back it's it's working on what's changed only the alterations go back and you pick and choose which of those alterations you would like to to to, to be um restored exactly nice and, uh, so this different these are small things they, but that matter they matter a lot when you are dealing with certain situations mm. for example 
and these are these are things that we think really matter when it comes to having a backup solution you something has gone wrong and so many times what happens is you're running your own business and your website is an important part but you don't look at it every day that's the nature for a lot of businesses because to us people who are living wordpress the website that's everything in our lives but that's not necessarily true for business owners mm. it's a very important piece but it's not everything mm. so what we have seen is that people realize that things have gone wrong sometime in the past maybe the front page is loading correctly but there's something which is broken in the past mm. like uh, in some corner of the site and they realize it today maybe and then they don't know when did when did this happen so what we would show is we show a history page with the changes of the site so you know that on this day this plugin got updated this day wordpress got updated mm. so you are able to go back in time and see so you otherwise how do you know which backup to restore from so because you keep incremental um d- data about the increments of the updates can you then um choose you know, oh, oh, I'll skip that one, I'll skip that one. I, I, I would like to look now. I'd like to put this version onto staging to see if that was good. And then we'll try this version a week later onto staging and we'll see if that was the moment when it went wrong. Exactly. You can do both of those things. Lovely. So you can do all, all of these things. And not only do you need, not only can you, do you need to click and wait, like see the staging environment, we also show you the differences. So on this day, a new post got added. On this day, so you might be like, okay, when I added that post, it was fine. Sometimes that's the way humans work, right? Mm. Because you have some memory of something. So, but you don't like going through ten different staging environment is also not an easy, simple thing to do. No. So that's where we, uh, uh, that's what we let you do. Like we will we'll show you, which, like we'll show you a list saying that okay, on this day such a post got added. Yeah. On this day. Uh, this plugin got installed or updated, and so you ha- you have some sort of me- mental recollection saying that okay, on uh, until here the site was fine, and you are able to make a much much better judgment as to how to or when to restore your site from. Yeah, I can I can absolutely see why this would be um, completely useful. Uh, f- fingers crossed. So far, I've been very lucky with WordPress, and I've not had too many catastrophes. Um, but I can imagine the day that a catastrophe comes along, this solution would be just absolutely ideal. Um, again, mo- moving on, just one more little step, if that's all right. You also, as part of the deal, you, you have kind of like um, malware scanning. So it's not just preserving the data in the vault. You're also um, tr- trying to make sure that the site is clean and that there's no malware on there. How do you how do you do that? Where do you gather the intelligence that leads you to to to, to make decisions about whether a site has been uh, infected with some malware or other? All right. So again, I'll quickly jump into why we built uh, Malcare our malware scanner mm. and how we came about it. So. One of the problems we realized was people were one of the big reasons people were restoring their websites was when they found out that it has been hacked. Mm. And we would uh, we would always try and help them as far as possible. And what we would realize it is that they would get hacked and they would not realize for months that they have been hacked. I'll bet. 
So we would look at our logs, we'll look at our data and we'll be able to identify that, oh God, you've been hacked so many months back. Why are you only realizing it today? And we realized that they were using security software, all the major security plugins and services, and none of them were able to identify accurately the malware that the sites had been hacked. And as we spent time investigating, we realized that it's a very, very difficult problem to solve. So over the past, so we've spent over three years building this, making sure, so what we have done is we have tried different things, many, many different things to find out how how to accurately find out if a site has been hacked because malware is code and code can, there's like an infinite combination of code. So yeah, there is no, you can't just say that, oh, oh that looks like malware. It yes, contains this yes. keyword, so it's malware. So good code also contains that keyword, bad code contains that keyword. Presence mm -hmm. of keyword does not mean much. You need to know what it does. You need to know what it does. You need to know a lot of other patterns and behaviors. So what we do is, we'll, because we have so much data, what we do is we have, like we have backed up so many hundreds of thousands of websites. We, we realize that we can utilize that data to accurately tell you whether uh, what a malware uh, infected site really looks like. So we look at like hundreds of signals or 100 plus signals associated with a site to accurately identify if a site is hacked or not. A signal can be as simple as timestamp. And I'm telling you, this is actually the lowest value signal, but it also has importance. When a site gets hacked, there's a possibility, not necessary, but there's a possibility that the timestamps can be in certain of the different files will follow a certain pattern. If we see some mismatch, then it will just increase the, we treat it as increasing the probability of a malware. Huh. And like this, we look at many, many, like 100 plus different ways. File names can be another one. So it, Presence of X does not guarantee it, but it just means that, hey, it means this is like if you're as a human being, if I were looking at it, I would be like, I need to look at that. Mm. And I would, I would order it based on how many signals get triggered and how many of these. So we create a probability map based on all the data that we have. And this just keeps improving. Mm. And then what do you do um, if you've, if your automation process has determined that, look, there's something a bit fishy here? How does that work? Do you, um, do you then automatically take an immediate backup or do you automatically try to restore something? Or is there any automation there? Or do you just email the, the person or put up a notification in the, the admin UI saying, look, something to, something's strange going on here? Or what, what happens? Okay, so there are actually quite a few questions and we have opinion about each and every one of yeah. those. <laughs> so one thing we never do is we never uh, modify the site ourselves. Oh, I'm pleased to hear that. So while we understand that the malware exists, we don't want to make any changes to your site mm. directly. We don't have any ability to do so either. We try and keep it independent, the systems. Mm. And also even if we had the ability, we would still, I think, Air away from doing anything like that. Yes, I think simply I agree. because you want you want people to be in control of websites. 
like you want them to be know to know what is going on on their site and let the person take that action we will so what we do is we'll mail you we'll show you that you have been uh, hacked on your blog vault dashboard we do not show it to you within your wordpress admin mm. because we have seen that the wordpress admin is used by you might uh, build a site you are the site owner yeah does not should not be alarmed about it no because the good. site owner is not going to react to it in the same way as a developer or the person maintaining the site very good so we try and shy away from putting it uh, on the wordpress admin instead we show it in the blog vault dashboard and nonetheless all of this information should be independent of wordpress mm. because your site might not even be running because of the hack so all of these reasons we keep we, and essentially we think that all of security and backup should be completely independent of your wordpress site mm. if you need your wordpress site to be up and running to restore it then you are already in trouble or to clean it because it can your hacker could have just wiped out the entire site so you have a like a a a, a cleaning one click option is that as simple as we'll find We'll we'll use the same data to then go back through the the list of backups that we've got until we find the one which is um, without the problem. Or do you go and in some way eradicate, remove, um, neuter the the problem that you found? Okay, so we actually neuter the problem that we find. So we will go and precisely remove the malware if we have a backup. Mm. then that makes it even easier for us so mm. that again adds to a, so we are able to look at the difference identify the difference so we'll know if you if you already had a backup with us we'll know exactly what is going on as the files are changing as the site is changing mm. and we will tell you we'll will automatically be able to take the best path forward do you have um how to describe this do you have um machines making these uh, amendments or is it people no so everything is automated yep. so one one of the things we know is that we are engineers and we like to automate things none of like i don't think a human being can i actually don't think manually it is possible to no too much accurately time. clean up mm. it's not only about time but the nature of malware is that human beings will not be able to find it yeah it's because if you have a large site or even forget a large site even a simple wordpress site with a few plugins etc there are so many places that things can reside mm. so you need automated mechanisms to do it so all our processes are completely automated uh, we are here to assist so we, our team is here to assist you with it if required but at the end of doing the assistance we'll also be relying on the tools itself yeah to to do the clean up so the tool does the clean up for uh so you click on a button and the malware gets removed removing the malware is almost as complex as identifying the malware uh we use a lo- lot of different mechanisms from looking at how the file is changing like you said if you have a backup to if you suppose your very first backup was infected so we are able to look at it look at it from one spectrum to the other and handle all of those cases. Mm. It it's um 
it, it's such a nice story um, about how it all got started. Um, and everything that you've said over the last 20 odd minutes about what it does, it gives, gives me a lot of confidence in in um, in the product. Uh, and also the fact that you've got so many high profile customers uh, using it, that also uh, lends incredible credibility. I am... Um, I think that as the time goes on, um, we're going to be hearing more and more about Blog Vault. I certainly hope so. Uh, thanks, Nathan. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, appreciate this. Yeah. No, you're you're very welcome. It's been an, an absolute pleasure to chat to you. I am because of the time and the time only. I'm going to say that we're probably going to have to um, to, to wind this one up. But it's it's been a real pleasure. And and obviously, if you've if you're using WordPress and you have uh, you have a, a need for for backups, or you've uh, just got a feeling that you know something might not be working as it should do, and you're worried that there's a bit of malware lurking around in there, where where do we find you? Um, you know, where, where's where's your business uh, URL, and and uh, do you hang out on Twitter and all of that kind of stuff? Right. So. The business URL is uh, blogvault.net, B-L-O-G-V-A-U-L-T.net. That's the product site. We are also on Twitter, twitter.com slash blogvault. Personally, I am at uh, twitter.com slash akshatsi. I'm not very much a social media kind of person. No, But no. If, some, if you do feel reach out, so you not see me being too active. Yeah. But if you, if you do reach out, I would love to have a chat, like, yeah, I'm not that antisocial either. <laughs> if somebody says something, <laughs> you will reply. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, it's been a, a real, real pleasure. I hope that um, I hope that we can do this again uh, in the future at some point when things have moved on even further. So thank you so much for coming on. It's um, it's been really nice. And now we'll move on to the next part of the podcast. Th- thanks, Nathan. It's been a pleasure, and thank you so much for your time. You're very, very welcome. And today's ending fact is, well, Facebook Pixel, because basically we don't understand what it does. But what we know, (laughs) (laughs) well, I can read this actually from Facebook's own term. What it is, according to Facebook, is Facebook Pixel is an analytics tool that helps you measure the effectiveness of your advertising. You can use Facebook Pixel to understand the actions people are taking on your website and reach audiences you care about. But basically... What I understand it as is this you, Nathan, as well, that it's a bit of code you stick on your website. That means when someone's visited there, you can then have your advertising shown on the Facebook to that person who's visited your site. Yeah, you can do all the sort of retargeting and audience creation, mm. can't you? I mean, I've really not delved into all that on a level that professionals would. But, um, yeah, you can track that somebody's clicked um, a link in Facebook or that somebody's gone from a page and... Um, and has ended up on Facebook and, and then say, you know, okay, so they looked at this ad, let's put them in this audience mm. and then we can target them with more Facebook ads. Mm. I wonder where the term pixel comes from though, because is it a is it a cookie um, or is it literally a pixel? Because if memory serves in the olden days, things like email, they used to literally put mm. a pixel, a one by one white or transparent pixel on the page and then... Uh, depending on who received that email, they would have a unique URL to retrieve that pixel, to put it in the email, and then you could track who'd received the email, if that makes sense. You know, if, if such and such a person is, or rather if if pixel, you mm-hmm. know, um, Facebook pixel 
forward slash XYZ load of gobbledygook is downloaded, then we know that it was that person that opened it. So I wonder if that's the way it's done. Is it a pixel? Don't know. Let us know. We need to know. We don't know what a Facebook mm. pixel is. I have the faintest idea. <laughs> <laughs> but we know what it does. It puts money in yes. Facebook's pocket. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. that's all anyone needs to know <laughs> yeah yeah well there you go facebook pixel um let us know tell us about it but there we go um right another episode done and yeah. uh just finishing off i suppose go and share this episode all over the internet even for people who don't have anything to do with websites go and share it with them right now it's, a, <laughs> it's compulsory um and and then we shall become incredibly famous and that's, of course, what we all want, isn't it, David? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Right. My name's Nathan Wrigley. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye-bye. Oh, you're, and he's David Wormsley, we should say. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.